Welcome to another edition of the Nuggets Inc. podcast presented by the Denver Post and Avaca TV. We are live from La Jolla, California, where the Nuggets just finished up day three of their training camp on UCSD's campus. We had an enlightening, insightful conversation with Nuggets point guard Ish Smith. Talked on all kinds of topics from everything from Wake Forest to his extended NBA career and what has given him the staying power to have that NBA career. But first, before we get to that conversation, let me tell you a little bit about Avaca TV. The Nuggets Inc. podcast is presented by Avaca TV, a proud sponsor of the Denver Nuggets and Colorado Avalanche and the most affordable option in Colorado to watch regional sports. For just $25 a month, subscribers can access Avs, Nuggets, Rapids, and yes, even Rockies games anywhere via their phones, tablets, or laptops. Avaca also offers dedicated channels for college athletics in Colorado, including CSU, DU, Northern Colorado, and Metro State. As one Twitter user recently said, quote, it's like the Netflix of Colorado sports. There are no contracts and subscribers can pause or cancel at any time. Sign up at avaca.tv. And now our conversation with Ish Smith. Thrilled to be joined with Nuggets point guard Ish Smith. Uh, we just concluded day three of Nuggets training camp in San Diego. Ish, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Mike, man. This is fun. You know, anytime we can just sit around and talk about some basketball, I'm all for it. I love it. I want to paint a quick scene that our uh, our crack producer right here saw <laughs> at uh, saw it at camp today. He he was kind of just photographing the whole scene, and he saw you mentoring uh, Christian Brown and Peyton Watson, oh, and, yeah, and, yeah. and and they're kind of just picking your brain. I think on their own volition, they went up to you. They yeah. said, "What do you know? What can you teach us?" And in the middle of that whole interaction, Sparky Gonzalez comes over, and he's picking up everybody's trash. And Aaron told me that as soon as he leaned over to pick up your trash, you said, don't pick up my trash. I don't do that. I handle my own trash. Well, Aaron, well, you watch it too much, man. He, Yo, that's his job. His job is uh, to no, pay attention. Why, you know, not many NBA players have that attitude. Why do you have that attitude? My mom and my dad, you know, I was, I was raised the right way. I, I thank the Lord that he blessed me with two great parents, honestly. Um, I truly, truly was blessed. They raised me in the right way. It raised me in the way of the Lord. So it, it, you know, for me, like I made that trash. So let me pick my own trash up. That's that's how I am. And my mom and dad, they own their own janitorial business when I was growing up. Very successful business. My dad actually just retired and passed it down to my uh, brother. So for me, it's just a mentality, you know, that they raised me. You clean up your own stuff, pick up your own trash. Sparky's doing a lot. You know, he's, he's kind of, everybody has a job. His job ain't to pick up my trash. Um, I created that trash. I picked up my own trash. And uh, sitting there with uh, P. Watt and, and CB, like we were just sitting there, uh, Peyton and Christian, I'm sorry. This is my no, we're going P. Watt from now on. <laughs> and Christian, uh, CB, uh, you know, I, I came early, you know, to get my kids in and, and get adjusted to how coach wants to play and in the like culture. August. In yeah, like in August, August I came early. Yes, sir. And so we kind of built a relationship, all the young guys, Jack and and all of us and and uh, Bones and, and – uh, and uh, um, oh, what's the name came early too? Um, I'm going to brain freeze. It's um, all good. Uh, who came early? Uh, Bruce. Bruce. Bruce okay. was there too. Okay. Came there early, and and some guys was coming in and out. So we kind of built a relationship, and so we just talked candidly. They were just in there asking me a question about kind of what was the hardest, you know, thing an adjustment uh, on and off the court, or you know, whatever one that, that was the hardest. And I and I told them uh, I gave them the JJ Barea story. Let's hear it. Um, 
And I tell people this all the time. All 450 players can play. And so when I came in the league, you know, I was on the team, Brad Miller, Yao Ming. It was 2010, 2011. Right. This is the year Dallas Mavericks had won it all. Now, we didn't know how good Dallas was at the time. Um, you know, we, you know, had aspirations. And so for me, I didn't think I was going to play much. You know, obviously all that stuff. So we had Aaron Brooks, who was special. Kyle Lowry was the backup. I was a third point guard. And then we had Courtney Lee, Chase Bunninger. We had Jordan Hill. Then we had Brad Miller. We had a really good team. Yao Ming was coming back. With Adelman, right? With Coach Rick Adelman, yeah. Chuck uh, Hayes and all that stuff. So, you know, we had aspirations. So I was thinking like, okay, I'm going to just work out whatever the case is. So we go into this preseason game. It was the second preseason game in Dallas. So I'm just like any other rookie coming in. I'm looking across. And I see Jason Kidd, I see Jason Terry. I'm like, okay, that's, you know, I've seen him before. Yeah. You know, that's what you kind of getting your juices up. Okay, we went over to Dirk, how we going to guard Dirk, whatever the case is. And J.J. Barea came in, <laughs> and, uh, and, I, I, and I attribute my game and how I play. Uh, I thank the Lord for watching him play this game, and it gave me like, okay, that's how I'm going to survive in this league. Came in 20 minutes, had – 12, 13 points, six assists, and this is a preseason game. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about changed the whole complexity of the game, complexion of the game, ripped me a new one. I was like, and I was looking at the other guys, and we know the rest is history. He went on and played really well. Right. They won a championship, ended up starting in a championship, and, and he had a heck of a career. But my story, and I told him this to the guys, was, you know, the time management off the court is different from college, and everybody can play. So it's just like – when you're coming into a game and you're thinking like, man, LeBron and this guy, and Troy Brown scores 35 on you. And I play with Troy, Troy's a special player. It's because all of us can play. Everybody can play in this right. opportunities and situations. So you respect everybody you step on the floor with. Have you ever told JJ that? No, nah, I've never told Are we JJ. We talk about that? Okay. Nah, I, I, I haven't. Um, it'll probably circulate to him eventually. Uh, but that's when I told myself, and this was my rookie year. And from there I bounced, bounced, bounced until I got an opportunity in Philly. And then went to Detroit, and I just said, when I come off the bench, I'm going to change the whole play, you know, the pace of the game, play with tempo, and that's who J.J. was. And, and so for me, uh, it, it helped me out, and I, I continue to play that way. What is unique about the Nuggets organization? You know, you are on the verge of setting an NBA record. I'm sure you're well aware. I'm sure people tell you all the time, you know, this is about to be your 13th NBA franchise. What is unique or different about them? What do they do that, that distinguishes them? First thing that I noticed when I came was the organization was very organized. Like, when I say that, and that's no disrespect to any other teams that I played for, the other 45 teams that I played for, uh, but I'm just joking, it's only 13, but <laughs> 12 teams, but it's, it's no disrespect to those teams. Right. Um, but they just were very organized, like just – when I came in the first day, Morgan had my pass for me to get into the gym, just like that. Um, you know, it's just the organization was very organized, very on point. And to me, when you get older, you respect that. Um, we have a culture we're building, we're growing, and, and it's now been established and has been established. Now it's time to, you know, obviously take the next step. But, you know, that's the thing that I kind of noticed. And it's kind of comfortability. Like the first time I came in, I was – just comfortable, like okay, this is this this is a great organization. This is where I'm supposed to be at. So, uh, all those things. But the biggest thing I I, no, I noticed was it was very organized and very on point, 
and very precise. I think the dude responsible for the organization, I think his name is Nick mm-hmm. O'Hare. I mm-hmm. think he's like the, the, the PR director, something mm-hmm. like that. Something like that. Something like that. We don't, okay. we, we don't give him too much love, though. No, we don't. And I don't know why he's not on the radio, but we're just going to leave it there. Yeah, we're not going to address that. It is what it is. We're not going to address that. Um, across your your career, do you have, a, you know, I, I know you don't want, maybe don't want to play favorites, but do you have a favorite organization? Do you have something that, like, you know, this is why this organization resonated with me? Well, all of them did. You know, I know, I'm not trying to pick one out. You know, no, no, no. I'm gonna tell you, and all of them did in their own specific reasons and way. Yeah. Like when I was young, I was always on playoff teams. So, and we're not. I know we don't have a lot of time. So no, we all good. And so, so you gotta understand, Houston playoff team. Then from there, um, I actually was with uh, uh, got traded to Memphis playoff team. Then I got an opportunity with Coach Malone and and Coach Jackson in Golden State. Right. And. Um, and they, you know, was going a different way. Uh, I always, I'm a competitor, so I always look at situations like, well, y'all messed up because the guy that you had there, he's not here anymore. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's just the competitiveness in me, and it's take nothing away from that guy. I love him. I thought he was a great guy, great teammate. But those things have always fueled me and kept going. Um, and then from there, I got traded to Orlando. Orlando was a playoff team. I ended up being with Brendan Malone, the coach yeah, Malone's yeah, his dad. dad. Yeah, and we built a great relationship there. Um, then from there, got traded to Milwaukee. They were a playoff team. Uh, then from there, I got a, real, a pretty good opportunity in Phoenix. Uh, played 70 games. Bledsoe got hurt, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a chance. We won 48 games. Didn't get a chance to win 50. Bledsoe, by the way, knocked you out of the NCAA tournament. Knocked us out. It beat us by 30. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, that wasn't that even <laughs> close. That wasn't even close. John, that whole crew, they were really, really good. And. And so uh, we're not even going to talk no, about No, we don't need that. to go that route. But, but you I know just, what? The game wasn't even close. I'm so. just telling you. I did the research. I was looking this up. Yeah, uh, they, didn't even, they didn't even come. We didn't even come close. Uh, so then from there, so I was, you know, always on these playoff teams. And so for me, when I would be on the playoff teams the first six or seven years, my whole mindset was, okay, these guys are the best of the best. That we're, you know, they're playing deep into the playoff. Memphis, we were lost in game seven to Oklahoma City. Right. So my mindset was playing against Mike Conley. He's one of the best point guards. Playing against Kyle Lowry. Playing against Aaron Brooks. Um, playing against Russell Westbrook, Reggie Jack. These guys, Jameer Nelson, Chris Duhant. Like in practice, I have to prove to myself that I can compete against these guys. So when I do get an opportunity, because the NBA always gives you an opportunity, mm-hmm. um, it's up to you to prove yourself when you step out on the floor. And so I was like, when I get my opportunity, this is a way that I can build. Uh, my confidence and I think the cities are what you make it of you know okay. yeah I always think like when I got to Denver I'm not even gonna lie to you I didn't know how how nice it was the mountains is, is just so beautiful because we just come in it's snowing right, right, right. You, you know you play a game so for me the city specifically they all have their beauty and 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 how things are and when I was young I was always downtown and, and whatnot staying downtown so it wasn't you know nothing much more I could do I was just trying to like Survive where I was at, For sure. um, but I learned those different things, and then I got to Philly, got an opportunity with with uh, with the trust in the process situation, and it worked out. And then I went with Stan, back where you know I was with. Stan. Oh, I'm gonna get to Stan. Yeah. I got something on Stan. Yeah, so uh, was it with him three years, and and then went with Coach Brooks for two and a half years. Well, two years, and then. West a little bit last year, and and then uh, back here. So and then was in Charlotte for a little bit. So. Um, it's been a great process. It's been a great journey. I tell everybody, man. Um, next I step's used, the best step. I used to always say my next step is the best move. And, and so that's how I saw it until I got my opportunity. And, and once I got my opportunity, I stayed in those cities. 
throughout my contract. So uh, it was always a blessing. So when you, I asked you this somewhat at media day, but when you get traded to Denver, you've been on a, a number of playoff teams. Uh -huh. When you get traded to Denver and like, is your initial reaction, man, I might have like, this team ha has a real chance to win. What is your, what is the first thought that goes through your mind? Yeah, you got a real chance. And everybody, when, a, when the trade happened, everybody hit me up about it. Like, oh man, this is like. You're good. You're gonna this be good. Is, this is the first time like we're, you guys, are, you're on a team where it's not six, seven, or eight, or nine, or you're playing and, and you're the seat, you know, starting you're on a roll, right? Yeah. The seedings. And so um, everybody was saying that. But for me, like, I look at it and I'm like, that is true. Everybody's gotten better. It's a different year, but you just got to chop away, you know, each and every day. We don't and skip, no skipping the process. Can't skip steps yeah. because we know we have aspirations to win a championship. That's the first and foremost. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. That's what you look at. Okay, bam. Then after that, you just put your head down and just kind of chop away at the wood. And then you look up, you see, okay, we're closer. You put your head back down and keep chopping at the wood. And then I think you reflect at the end. And so this is, I've been on playoff teams, and this is probably the first opportunity where it's like, oh, we, we have a real, real chance to to win it all. And, and I know every team feels that with an exception of like, but this is, you know, this is let's real. say about 10 teams, five, seven to 10 teams that has a, a, a real chance, like, hey, guys, like, things go right. We can, you know, because some teams, let's be honest, things can go right and you still might just. luck. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, yeah. So uh, it's it's a situation where we are, we, we've done a good job. We're loaded from 1 to 15. Um, so uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see how it all piece together. Nikola Jokic is a bad boy. Yeah. What does he do that is so special, so unique? And, and now you're seeing it up close. You saw it for years from yeah. afar, but now you're seeing it up close. What makes him a bad boy? Well, it's fun because I'm a pass-first guy. Like, you know, not saying I, I can't score, not saying that he can't score, but, like, he sees the game like a point guard. And that's kind of fun. That, that's, for me, as a guy that plays the point guard position, it's kind of cool to look at it that way. Um, and so – when you see it up close in person, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. So I seen that guy cut. When that guy cut, the weak side had to come in. He skipped it. I would have done the same thing. The only thing is, I'm not six. I'm not seven foot. He's legit seven. Yeah, feet. he's legit seven feet. I might have had to get around the big and whip it around. Sure. You know him. He just looks you off, dive man, skip it, or look you off. Then you think he's gonna skip it this time. Hit the dive man. So it's. It's fun and being in the right position and play, and, and he wants to play the right way. That's the beautiful thing I love about him. I think he gets more joy out of getting assists and, and playing the right way than scoring 30. He said that. Yeah. I don't know if you, you might not even know no, that, I but he know. has said that. That's yeah. his like mantra, I would say. And so to me, that's, that's fun because that's my game. Like I remember Jamal, I, I had to wear his jersey today because uh, and, and, I couldn't find mine, so he, they threw me the Jamal jersey. And then after that, I took Jamal jersey back to him. He said, like, you felt good. You look like you could get 50 in that jersey, huh? And I was like, honestly, Jamal, like, I'm not that dude. I can, I, I'm happy with 14, 15 assists and 14, 15 points. Like, that's who I am. That's who I am. Now it accumulates to 45, 50 points. He just does it in a different way. And right. that's the beautiful part about him and Joker being out there together. Right. You have a PG and then you have Maul, who's this bona fide scorer, and they work well together. When you come to a new organization, what is your process? Oh, that's why I came early, just to get to know everybody. Uh, I think you got to fit in first before you can stand out. I think a lot of the times some guys come in and they, 
you know, it's me. They want to they they show that, that, you know, they deserve uh, to be there. That's not you. Relax. You got to feel the situation out. Yeah, you just got to relax. It's such a long season. Um, and for me, I just always get to know the guys. Uh, I'm a rookie in a sense because I've never been on this team. So I'm coming in like a young guy. Like, oh, okay, what do we got to do? How do we got to work? What, like, how do – you know, what's the you know nuances of everything and different things like that? I don't usually come in, even though it's year 13, like, man, it's year 13. Right. Like, I'm cool. That's why I, I was joking around with uh, Elvis today. He threw me the yellow jersey. I'm like, cool. I started from the bottom all the way. Like, it doesn't bother me because I have to, like, you know, for me, it's all about ladders, taking your steps, knowing guys, knowing teammates. And so for me, coming into a new organization, you just, you know, and then eventually, you know, you kind of spread your wings. Hey, everyone. Nugget season is just around the corner. If you're looking for an easy, affordable way to watch your Nuggets on TV, try Avaca TV, the most affordable way to watch regional sports in the state of Colorado. You can get Nuggets, Avs, Rapids, and even Rockies games on your tablets, your TVs, or your phones. Sign up at Avaca.tv. I read that it is important to you to break bread with some of your teammates. That's how you just, you know, uh, you know, do you organize dinners? Are you helping to organize outings? I know you guys went to the baseball game the other (laughs) night. Like, why is it important to break bread and to and to learn, you know, who these new dudes are? And I don't know how many pre-existing relationships you have when you come into an organization. Yeah. So the thing is, when you play against guys, you know, you play against guys and, and, you know, you, you build that respect on the floor. Um. But you just don't know guys until you get to know guys. And you guys know this, we're all gonna build relationships with each other because we're gonna see each other more than we see our wives, 100%. our kids. Like we just are in these next, what, hopefully 10 months. Go to June. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like 10, 11 months. And people don't understand that. And so a lot of times when you're dealing with all of us and we're hanging out, you wanna build relationships with guys because it makes the grind, the championship run so much beautiful, first and foremost. And second of all, you got to know everybody's temperament because, you know, we're not all 10 men or robots. So one day a guy might be coming in and he might not just be feeling it. And, and the coaches are like, what's wrong with so what's wrong so. with him? Yeah, you, you just never know or, or as players. And you just never know what guy's going through. Um, and then I think you build that relationship because <laughs> I want to be able to get on you. Like if I've never built a relationship with you, like you're gonna be that's, looking at me healthy. like, yeah, like you're gonna be, and then you get to know the guy and how he can respond to it. So I might put my arm around, I might be able to yell at DJ, mm-hmm. um, but I might have to put my arm around Bones like, hey man, you got it. Just see this read, whatever the case is. Like, you know, you got this, just, mm-hmm. just relax, take a deep breath, like just calm down. Like I can't yell at him the same way, but the only way I can figure out who that person is, is by building a relationship with me. And I give Coach Battle and, and Skip Prosser, God rest his soul, Dino Gaudio, that whole staff when I was at Wake Forest. They taught you. Man, they taught me how to like, whoa, it's so much more to just playing the point guard position. You got to know temperaments. You got to know the time, score, the pace, the flow, all that stuff, the reads. If a guy, if Bruce is out there defending, going back and forth, back and forth, and hasn't gotten a shot, slow down in the gym and get him a shot. Like it's just those different things just to keep. Keep tabs on everybody. Yeah, keep, just keep guys happy and then once the defense go to sleep then you can call your own number and so people don't understand that's the point guard position and and i do give like cp3 a lot of credit he would come back and always we would just break down film talk chop it up and that's why you know he's 
still at this age, still growing and so, you know, so good because he can use his brain and his mind and it's, it's bigger than just kind of just on the floor. You know, it's, it's more about getting relationships. I was about to ask you, you got a, a group thread, UCP, Tim Duncan, Dierka Henry? <laughs> <laughs> nah, you know what? We don't, Tim, man, it's funny. Like playing against Tim, like he was like, you know, Chris is from North Carolina, so we yeah, had a relationship. Yeah. J-Ho, Josh, we got a good relationship. Dierka, I talked to her the other day. Yeah. But the thing is, like, with Tim, like, that was, like, the legend. Like, so you're, like, him, Rodney Rogers, growing up, Randolph Childress, you're, like, those are the guys we see. Now, even though, apologize for admitting this, I was a Carolina fan growing up. Uh-oh. So, like, the Antoine Jamison, the Vince Carters yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But uh, it quickly changed as I got older and older. And uh, it became, you know, all right, let's go kick their tail. But 100%. for the most part, though, like Tim, like when we would play against him, I'm like, that's Tim Duncan. But he would just walk by me and just like hit me on the hip. And you were like, like, was that an acknowledgement? Yeah. Are we good and here? And that's when I knew, like, okay, he knows, like, you know, Wake Forest and, and represents. So uh, Tim is a is a great dude, man. Is a Hall of Famer, and, and so. Uh, but that that's what's funny about about Tim. Like we, he was always like the guy. Like I was like, oh, that's Tim Duncan. Yeah. But he was always acknowledge you, hit you on the hip, like you know, rub your head, and just won't say another word to you. And that was the that's the fun part about Tim. Uh, this time last year, I had a, a sat down with Austin Rivers, played on a number of different teams mm -hmm. as well, and he told me that the maybe one of the most important things about his longevity in the nba were these little interactions that nobody thinks about mm -hmm. um that he prioritizes uh little interactions with coaches with fans with executives because that sharpens and hones your reputation is there truth to that do, like do you buy into those those little moments that people don't realize that that kind of grease relationships and, and you know seemingly what do you know that other players don't know that has that has led to your longevity yeah, see, for me, I just think that's just building. Like, I, I don't ever do that stuff. There's no, strate no strategy behind it. It's just oh, who you are. Freak, no. Like, yeah, I just yeah, want to yeah. get to know. Like, me and you will be talking all year. Like, we'll chop it up. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. heck no. Like, for me, I, I don't need any. Like, if I want to be able to get through stuff, get through doors on the strength of my skill and my game and my anointing. Like, you know, sometimes you build relationships and you talk just because we just. Yeah, because I ain't no butthole. Like you get what I'm saying. Like I, I ain't trying. I like to, to think I try. I, I don't. I like to think I'm not either. But you get what I'm saying. You, know, you could decide that later. No, no, no. Heck, no. And I never take words personally. Like yeah. you guys. Like this is what I, bothers me a little bit about, about us as players. Like you guys have a job to do. Yeah. And so if Ish ain't playing well, you got every right to speak on what you seeing. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like I can't get mad about that. What I have to do, and my parents used to te teach me this. They taught me this at a young age. Like you own up to that. And you change it. That's on you. Right. And so uh, I don't come up to people and, hey, man, what's going on, execs? And nah, heck nah. Like, I'm just being nice and being respectful because that's how I was taught. Like, right. And that's because, you know what I mean, respect is, you know, I give everybody respect. It doesn't matter who or what. I ain't going to come up to no exec and say, hey, what's going on, man? And then walk by you. Now, that's disrespectful. I wasn't saying that no, it was No, no, I get like what you're a, saying. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, but I, you know, for me, and I'm not saying Austin's right in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. relationships that you build they when you carry. go through. Yeah, they can carry. That's, that's the NBA. NBA is all about relationships. I think this world is all about relationships. Right. And um, that's why so many people get hired based upon, oh, man, that's my friend from I went to college when different things like that. But I've never done it because of that. Um, but relationships are important, so he's not wrong on that at all. Now, I've never had the – The mindset. Yeah, like I didn't kind of care. Like I was just kind of – like I want to just go hoop. 
that's fine. But what do you know about uh, about kind of you know maybe I guess it's just yourself. Maybe you just it, you're just speaking to yourself and who you are yeah. that that makes you work in every single in every single situation. Look here, I told you I'll come back. Stan Van Gundy. <laughs> Stan Van Gundy says Ish works with everybody. Oh yeah. How come? Because I mean I'm the point guard, and <laughs> okay. and it sounds bad. Like like that's my job, and not only my job. I think when you're going through these games, 82 games plus the playoffs, you have to build a relationship, know everybody's temperament. Like that's your job, that's your role. Yeah. And the greatest compliment that Stan and coaches have told me is everybody loves to play with Ish. Like my job is to get you paid, or my job is to that, that's my as a point guard is to make sure that you eat and you eat and you just got this joy. And now all of a sudden we're flying on the other end defensively. We're out running, we talk like that is a joy and a fun. Like I want people to see like when he's out there on the floor, it's something different when he's playing. And the team is captivated, everybody feels that. And so I think it's just my personality, honestly. And and I love Stan, man. Stan is probably number one when it comes to my coaches because he just, he stayed on me. He was hard on me, mm-hmm. but we had this great relationship. It was kind of, it was kind of funny. And I remember times he would, <laughs> he would yell at me, scream at me, and then I would come down and score a bucket and like yell back at him. He was like, "Well, okay, that's not." That's I guess not we've good. earned yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, we've, we've earned, earned this and, little capital. But but he knew when he got on me, like I was gonna work hard, and and so he, um, that's the biggest thing. Like you, you want to be a point guard where everybody loves to play with you. That is. That is the role of a, a PG. It's like a quarterback. Like Tom Brady is recruiting right. these guys and bringing these guys in. I've never heard anybody say, "Like man, Tom Brady, man, I don't like him. He a butthole." And, right, right, and right. that's your job as as that quarterback of the team. So, on the verge, thirteen teams. You know, playing for thirteen franchises, NBA record. What? If you could write your legacy, if you could write what your your story was, you know, how would you summarize it? Or what do you, I mean, you know, how would you, how would you define your legacy in the league? Still going. Uh, I'm, and I'm not trying to write a, put a bow on it. No, 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 you know, I know you're not. Uh, shoot, I don't, I can't even put a bow on it. I don't even know when it is going to end. Like we, neither one of us do. But um, for me, it, it's, it's bigger than me. I, I've learned that like when I was young, I was just trying to like navigate through the league. For me, it's bigger than me. Uh, I, I, I tell you every morning I wake up, I thank the Lord for blessing me with the ability that I do have uh, to play this game and to inspire people as much as I possibly can. And like a guy walked by me today, I, I usually go early and uh, shoot with JB and DA. And um, a guy walking by me, now you understand, I'm a kid, been on 13 different teams, whatever the case, guy walked by me and said, hey, it's you a killer, man, I like your game. And I'm like, oh man, you know, I appreciate it. And so for me, everybody's journey and route is so different. Mm-hmm. And your story is your story. And if your story doesn't help to inspire others, if you're not out there trying to help to inspire others to achieve their purpose in life, I mean, what are we doing? Like, that's, that's what I always feel like. We all have this purpose that we're doing and, and, and that we have. And, you know, I talked to you in media day about it. And, and so you got to walk out that purpose. And, and so my story, you know, I hope, you know, you know people don't got to go the long road that I had to go. But it's been a beautiful story for me, you know, and, and I've always had patience and peace. I never got too high, never got too low. It was my story. I just kept kind of digging away and kept pushing. And so hopefully, not even in the basketball world or the sports world, just people in general see that like, 
you know, when the Lord orders your footsteps, man, like you ain't got nowhere to, you got nothing to worry about. You just relax. Sweat yeah, just relax and just, just go with it. Do your part and work on your craft and work on whatever the case is. But other than that, just relax. Like I've never been stressed about any situation. I just kind of relax. I'm doing something I love to do and, and you have a purpose and you, you push after your purpose and, and the rest of it take of itself. Just two more things for you. A uh, logistical question. When you are bouncing around the league, I know uh -huh. you, congratulations, I know you just got married. Uh, oh, I think yeah. in the last year or two, correct? Yeah, last year. All right. So how, how does that, maybe it doesn't apply because, you know, yeah, you only yeah, recently yeah, got married, yeah. but how, you know, what are the logistics of dealing with your family while yeah. you're trying to handle your own business? Well, that's why I got married late. Okay. <laughs> towards, and, towards the back end of the career. Yeah, I just kind of figured, like, I didn't want to put any female through all that. Like, it's just... And, you know, it, it, it was a lot. And my wife came at the perfect time. She really did. But it, it was, it's a lot. It's a lot. I'm moving here. I'm moving there. And sometimes you get people like, hey, you know, what's the next move? And what are you doing now? Whatever the case is. Like, I'm like, I don't need you to put extra added stress. Like, I'm fine. Like, I know where I'm going. I know right. where the journey is kind of taking me. My parents, my family, my cousins, aunts, brothers, sisters, they never, they were just like, well, you he's know, he's good. He's in the league. He's doing his thing. Yeah, they're like he's just gonna he's gonna find his way, and that's who I've been as a kid. Like I've always been somebody that just kind of find his way through, and eventually you realize like, oh dang, there he is, and oh why, and it just kind of ascends. And 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 a lot of times, Shane Battier told me something. It was so funny. That's why I always tell people like people will give you messages and words, and sometimes you need it. Sometimes yeah. you don't never need it. Sometimes yeah. you need it later. Who knows. And people always think it has to come from specific people. It can come from a dude that's on the side of the corner. But if it's something that you need or something that you, you have to have, like, you know, utilizing it. So he told me, like, people get traded early in their career. People get traded late in their career. You're going to get traded. So that's just a fact. You're right. going to move around. Right. So for me, my family, they was like, yo, that's your, you doing your thing. You figure it out because they're all doing their thing, my brothers and sisters. And so it was not nothing, nothing crazy. Um, you know, I'm married now, so, you know, obviously my wife, you know, she she kind of rides along with me, whatever the case is. And, and you know, it's kind of slowed down, obviously, in the last six or seven years. But I tell people, like, early in my career, nah, I couldn't have done it. That would have been With hard. the wife, that would have been garbage Man, to, that to your hard. partner? The kids, that would have been bad. Yeah. Wife and kids, that would have been hard. Except when your mom got on your case about buying a house. I read about that. <laughs> So she was, you, you gotta understand this story. So this is when I was in Detroit. I finally signed my contract, Yeah, uh, a, a multi-year contract. And so I'm sitting there and my mom's like, the years before was like, buy this house, buy this house, buy this house. And I'm like, nah, this ain't the time. And so for me, timing is everything. And I tell people that all the time. Yeah, yeah. Timing is, you know, sometimes if you try to force the time too early, and that's when you can kind of come up short because you're not prepared for it. Um, and so you gotta, you know, allow be patient and allow the Lord to put you in the right position and place so you can like get what He has for you. Because if you overdo it and rush it, you're gonna look crazy out there because you're not ready. Mm -hmm. So she's talking to me about this house, her and my cousin Shannon, and I'm like, man, I'm not buying a house right now. And they show me this house like 2000. I bought the house in 16, I want to say. So you like a year earlier, a year or two like earlier? Two, yeah, a okay. year or two early, exactly. Okay. And I'm like, nah, I don't want that. I was like, uh, uh, not right now. Like, y'all talking to me about something else. Let me work on this court. Let me grind on this court. Y'all leave me alone. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, like, 
couple years later, I saw that house. That's when I was ready to buy, and I bought that exact house. So it's funny, and it's crazy. The property value don't went up in it, and, and my mom, you know, she always speaks on it. Like, I told you. You should have bought it earlier. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, you know, it, everything works out, and timing is everything. I just wasn't ready. I just wasn't ready for it. Last one. Um, you have all of these kind of very strong relationships seemingly all throughout the league like it's pretty evident you you know you can your your name carries so without trying to tie a bow on anything because we've already established we're not <laughs> tying a bow on anything no does does the future entail working with it with, with in some sort of organizational capacity uh, as a coach as a front office person do you want to be involved in basketball um you know on the back end of this yeah absolutely Absolutely. Because um, it seems like you got a, a lot of knowledge to impart. Yeah, I, listen, absolutely. And, and I try to tell people the game of basketball. I, so when it comes to, like, the coaching part, I think kind of differently. Okay. Um, I can see the game, and I'm like – because now there's no offense to how the game is. Now we have, like, you know, two guards, and they're trying to change them into point guards. See, I've been a point guard since I was a kid. Yeah. So, like, the reads and different things, I'm sure you sitting there watching us play. Like, I just see the game differently. The game slows down. It's maneuvering different things. And it's kind of like playing chess when everybody's playing checkers. Mm -hmm. uh, looking at different plays. Okay, I can get him a shot this way. Or I'm going to manipulate the defense and change direction this way. And then I'm going to – so it's like – that's, like, fun. So trying to teach a kid that who, like, now kind of sound bad. Like, I sound like an old head. Where now, like, everybody just trains. Right, right, right. You know, right. when I was growing up, I just I played. Mm -hmm. That's all I did. I actually probably didn't get training until I got to college. Okay. Like, I really didn't. All I did was play pickup. Me and my boys would go play pickup, play yeah, pickup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After uh, high school football games, after um, high, shoot, after high school, we would all load up, go to this gym down at Hartsville in Concord, North Carolina. We would just go down there and play. That's all we did, play pickup. Yeah. And so I think that's a, a skill, like, to know how to play with each other, how to figure things out, stuff like that. And so when I'm trying to explain something to guys and you've been a scorer or you, you know, are aggressive, I'm like, okay, uh, okay, you just be you, mm -hmm. be the best version of you. And so that's why I think front office is, is kind of fun and, and might be in my near future because I think it's like piecing puzzles together. That's what it is. That's all it is. And, and I'm not a huge fan when people draft people and then try to make them do something that you didn't draft them for. Got it. That, that honestly boils my skin. Like, if the kid is like a catch and shoot three point shooter, don't turn him into a the lead guard or something. No, don't don't be like, hey man, you know what? He might be really good uh, as a point guard. Like, what are we doing? That's not what. He, now we can work on those. Yeah, and make his weaknesses stronger. Mm -hmm. But he's been a catch and shoot guy since he was a kid. Like, right. if JJ Reddick came in the league and was. No, we're going to put him in the two-guard, and now all of a sudden what we're going to do is have him handle the He's ball. He's handle and all that. Yeah, like I, it, it bothers me when people do that. No, if, if a kid is a scorer, mm -hmm. that's what you draft him as, put him, in, put him in a situation where he can be a scorer. If a kid's a back-to-the-basket guy, if a kid's a stretch, like you, you hone on his strengths, and we can strengthen the weakness so when they try to take that away, because the playoffs is all about that. Okay, like we're yeah. going to leave him open. Like you just strengthen his weakness. Right. I mean, that's all it is. I love GP. That's my guy. I played with him in D.C. I was so proud of him last year. So his weakness has been everybody saying, oh, he can't shoot, he can't shoot. So what Golden State did was, okay, what we're going to do is, this is what you do. Will you hawk guys. Right. And then we're going to make your, uh, what people say, your weakness is, quote, unquote. Right. 
we're going to help you improve that and he, be better. He hit some big corner threes against there the Nuggets last in the first and, round. And like, see, that's what I'm saying. And then he said, like, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to cut. I'm going to knock down some shots. I'm gonna, I'm just going to know how to play the game. And so I always say that, like, they, they didn't – as a GM, you have to be like, okay, this is what he does. Let's piece – now you're just piecing the puzzle together. That's why I said the Joker and, and – and, uh, Cola, I'm sorry, Cola and uh, – Jamal works. Jamal's mm -hmm. used to playing off the ball. He played with Tyler Eulis. So right, now all of a sudden when you got a pass first big man like that, it works. Right. It that those pieces work. And, and so that's always kind of fun to kind of play around and, and, and see different things like that. But man, I got so much more in the tank. Um We did not tie any bows on anything. No, 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 no. I can't even tie any bows on it. Like honestly. Like, I, I be out there playing, and, and sometimes I just be flowing and playing. I'm like, oh, man, I was talking to coach today. I was like, and I still, he said, yeah, you still moving like you're, like, freaking 20-something years old. I'm like, yeah, I feel fine. Like, I guess it helps that they benched me in the first 60 years of my career. <laughs> you backload it? You backload the legs? Backload the legs, exactly, man. Exactly. Amazing. Uh, there will probably be a front office job waiting for you whenever that is, but by no means are we writing anything off at this point-ish. I can't thank you enough. This was so sweet. Appreciate the you. insight, the the institutional knowledge that you have. The, obviously, that's why the Nuggets went on and got you. That stuff that you can impart on yeah. Pwat and yeah. CB. <laughs> I yeah, told man. you those are the new nicknames. Hey, listen, if they, uh, I appreciate you guys really having me, man. This was fun. This is fun for real. I love it. Uh, this has been an uh, Nuggets Inc. podcast presented by the Denver Post and Avaca TV. We apologize about a little bit of noise, but you're gonna have to deal with this. We're uh, we're doing this on the fly in San Diego at the Nuggets um, at the Nuggets Hotel. But appreciate everybody listening. Thank you guys so much. Turn around. You're living in the shadow. Someone else